International Soccer Preview. We are Soccer Files Canada. Welcome to Series 20, looking at the groups and teams of the 2023 African Cup played in Ivory Coast in January 2024. This episode is looking at Group A, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Equatorial Guinea, and Guinea-Bissau. Here we go. It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Balls Canada, Series 20. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are looking at Group A for the African Cup 2023 tournament. This group includes Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Equatorial Guinea, and Guinea-Bissau. Yeah, and we usually give some information about our past, present, and future media casts at this point. Uh, if you want that, we'll direct you to the video on our YouTube homepage, which covers that information, and the address is on the screen. And for listeners, uh, you can also find it in the show notes. Yeah, for now, we'll just say that we are um, currently focused on the 2023 Asian and African Cups both played in January 2024, and we're producing this group and team series as well as a player series for each. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we didn't want to spend too much time on that, so let's get on with it. Yeah, so this series um, previews the groups and teams for African Cup 2023, which confusingly takes place in January 2024. And we're changing our usual format here because we did a full series uh, for the 2021 African Cup which was played in January 2022. Uh, yeah, and there we did the usual overviews of World and African Cups uh, for each team, as well as looking at their local cup history. And that series also featured a deep dive into the team's history in the African Cup finals. And of course, it also examined the recent history of teams. Yeah, so we think it's too much to repeat that every two years. So in this series, we're only going to do that for teams that were not involved in the 2021 African Cup. For those that were, we'll provide links and even times in the show notes so that it can be easily reviewed. Yep, and in this series, for teams that were covered in the 2021 African Cup, uh, we're going to give a summary of their history uh, as well as the recent history. Um in fact, all of the teams uh, in this group uh, are in that category of having played in the 2021 African Cup. That's right. But yeah, let's look at the uh, three sections of this media cast in outline. Okay, so in part one, we'll introduce the teams in the groups, uh, or really the countries, giving the location and the population of each. Yeah, in part two, we'll do an overview of each team's history in recent form. Um, as uh, Kevin mentioned, uh, in this case, all teams appeared in the previous African Cup. So we're just going to do a summary with links in the show notes to the full version history done in 2021. Yeah, okay. So uh, part three then will be a comparison of the teams in terms of their ranking head to heads. And uh, well, we usually try to do odds, but there are no odds available uh, at this time. Uh, and after that, we will end with the discussion of their prospects and our predictions. So speaking of predictions, Connor, do you have any uh, at the outset here? What's your kind of your sense of this group? I guess my sense is you have two, um, I guess, kind of giants of the African game or teams thought of as giants in Ivory Coast and Nigeria 
and then two countries that probably most people aren't that familiar with, but actually, you know, do okay at this tournament. So, um, you know, I think it's two two big countries and two small countries, but I think there's, um, you know, it's not as clear cut as it looks. So that's uh, that's my initial take. Yeah, that's a good initial take. And I'll just say for, for my part that uh, uh, I think this is the most exciting uh, of the groups, actually. But uh, we'll see by the time we get to the end if, uh, if you agree with me. All right, let's move on to part one then and introduce the countries. We begin with the Ivory Coast. Yeah, Ivory Coast, their nickname is the Elephants. They're known for their bright orange jerseys. Um, Ivory Coast is a country with a population of uh, 29 million people. Um, and it's a, a West African country in the kind of sub-Saharan belt. Um, of countries in Africa, uh, neighbored by Ghani, Ghana and Guinea and a few others. Okay, great. Uh, second theme is Nigeria. Nigeria, they're known as the Super Eagles. Nigeria's population is 224 million. Whoa. So it is the most populous country in Africa, actually by a pretty good measure. Um, and it's also a West African country, um, like Ivory Coast, it sits on the Gulf of Guinea. So it's actually just a few countries to the east of where the Ivory Coast lies. All right. Uh, next is uh, Equatorial Guinea. Equatorial Guinea, their nickname is the National Lightning. Um, a cool nickname. Mm -hmm. uh, their population is just 1.7 million. They are the second smallest uh, country uh, competing in the African Cup of Nations. Uh, only Cape Verde is smaller than them. And uh, geographically, they're a small West African country, just a little bit south of Nigeria, actually, bordered by Cameroon on the north and Gabon to the south and east. All right. And the last one is uh, Guinea-Bissau. Yeah, their nickname is the Zhurtus, which is a species of fox. Um, its population is 2.1 million and is the third smallest country competing at AFCON. Um, just uh, Cape Verde and Equatorial Guinea behind it. And then uh, in terms of location, it's a small country in the far west of Africa. It sits on the Atlantic Ocean and is squeezed between Senegal to the north and Guinea to the south. All right. Well, let's look at them uh, kind of relatively in terms of each other. And uh, this time we'll move them in order of size. So no doubt, uh, maybe you can run through those numbers again, but I think uh, Nigeria was by far the biggest, you said. It was. 224 million people. It is the biggest country in Africa and one of the top in the world, actually. All right. Um, and yeah, what's next? Next is Ivory Coast. It has uh, 28.9 million people. Um, so not a bad sized country, actually. Um, you know, kind of top 20 in Africa, but um, still just about a tenth of what Nigeria has. Mm-hmm. And then the next two countries are very small. They're at about a hundredth of the population of Nigeria. Equator uh, Guinea-Bissau actually is next with 2.1 million people. Um, and then Equatorial Guinea is the smallest at 1.7 million. So those two countries pretty close in size. Um, but yeah, two of the three smallest countries competing in the same group um, as the country with the largest population. So that's kind of interesting. Sets yeah, up some David and Goliath matchups. There, how do you like my flags on the graphic? Do you think That's I great. got it? <laughs> Maybe uh, Nigeria gets even bigger there. More like that. 
Okay, well, we're driving listeners crazy with all this talk of graphics, so let's move on to part two. And uh, for Ivory Coast, we're just going to be doing uh, an overview, um, uh, or not even an overview, a summary, uh, and then a, look, a close look at their recent history. So if you are looking for the full history, uh, we'll put the link to the 2021 African Cup uh, in the show notes there for you. Yeah, so beginning with a summary, in terms of strength, Ivory Coast enjoyed a period of top-tier strength in Africa from 2006 to 2015. There they reached the World Cup three times in a row and finished in the top two in the African Cup in three out of six tournaments and at least passing the group stage in all of them. They won the title at the very end of this uh, period, uh, repeating their first title win, which was from 1992. That and 1965-70 to 70 were also periods of relative strength, but they were shorter and not reflected by successful World Cup campaigns. Outside of those periods, Ivory Coast has been a fairly consistent second-tier team, usually reaching the African Cup, but doing well to pass the group stage. Outside of their World Cup appearances, their campaigns uh, that came close to reaching to the Cup were connected with their strong periods, as Ivory Coast fell just short in 1994 and in 2018. Okay, so sometimes a top tier, sometimes a second tier. Let's look at their recent history and uh, uh, maybe try to determine uh, where they are right now. So even before winning uh, the African Cup in 2015, members of their golden generation that had led a period of success over the previous 10 years were retiring. The team went into a period of decline, failing in 2017 to pass the group stage of the African Cup, and that was the first time since 2004, and also failing to reach the 2018 World Cup uh, after three successful bids. But while they showed some recovery in the African Cup since, uh, passing the group stage in 2019, and I'm going to actually cut that sentence in the middle because that's where we're going to pick up on the recent uh, tournaments. We'll see how they did uh, in the 2021 African Cup. Um, but actually, um, 2019 is our only opportunity uh, to look at their local cup, which we didn't really talk about. Uh, so I'll just talk about it a little bit and we'll look at that tournament and um, and then move on to that African Cup. So uh, African Cup, uh, sorry, uh, Ivory Coast is part of the Wafu Nations Cup. That's the West African Football Union. Um, and their last tournament was in 2019. Actually, they did have a tournament scheduled for 2021, but it never really happened. So we're... Um, we're not really sure what's going on with the Wafu Nations Cup, uh, to be honest. But how did they do in that last edition in 2019? Yeah, there's kind of an interesting setup for Wafu where they have a sorting round, um, which kind of tiers the team. So Ivory Coast won that match 4-1 over Cape Verde. Uh, that put them into the trophy, uh, the trophy kind of pathway, where they beat Togo on penalties, but then lost to Ghana in the semifinals. Um, so... Um, yeah, it didn't quite make it to the final. There was no third place match, but a top four finish for them. Yeah, yeah, a good finish for Ivory Coast there. Okay, now we uh, talked about the African Cup. And uh, uh, sorry, I think uh, in 2019, we saw they failed to uh, 
Um, sorry, in 2017, they failed to pass the group stage, and in 2019, they did. So a bit of recovery. Let's see how that recovery progressed. Yeah, so starting with qualifying for the 2021 African Cup, um, Ivory Coast won all their home games, but they lost in Ethiopia, who finished second, and then tied in Madagascar, who finished third. Uh, but they beat last place Niger twice to finish first in the qualifying round. Uh, once they were in the tournament, um, they won two of their three group stage games, beating Equatorial Guinea and Algeria, um, and then tied Sierra Leone, but that helped them top the group. Um, and in the round of 16, uh, they were perhaps a bit unfortunate to meet Egypt. Uh, that game went nil-nil, and then Ivory Coast lost 5-4 in penalties. So kind of a difficult round of 16 game, considering they topped their group. And yeah, out by a small margin of a penalty shootout. Yeah, you said exactly what I was thinking. Uh, uh, you know, they topped the group, so they, they should uh, meet a fairly easy team in the round of 16. Uh, but they ended up facing uh, the, one of the finalists, Egypt, so a bit unlucky there. Yeah. And uh, one of the most incredible plays in soccer happened uh, during uh, Sierra Leone. Do you remember that? I'm, um, yes, I, I think I do, because I remember watching highlights of this game. Is this where the keeper, the keeper fell on his goal line? Yeah, it, it was in the dying seconds of the game where they were leading uh, Sierra Leone and uh, the goalkeeper kind of came out just to his end line to gather a ball that had been headed back uh, by one of his defenders, actually. But he kind of tumbled spectacularly over it, uh, injuring his knee in the process. So he kind of looked helplessly at the ball as a, a Sierra Leone attacker um jumped on it it was just kind of sitting there stationary with him looking desperately at it and then the attacker kind of retrieved it and passed it in front of the net uh, to a teammate who scored the 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 tying goal uh, it's just an uncanny play i do remember that there was no one around him and he basically just somersaulted yeah um, and uh the ball stayed in play and i i mean Besides the embarrassment, he actually did injure his knee and had to go off. He couldn't even finish the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is true. I, I had forgotten, but truly one of the more spectacular moments I've ever seen on a pitch. Yeah, I urge you to, uh, I urge listeners or watchers to uh, type in Sierra Leone 2, Ivory Coast 2, and uh, take a look at that play. It's quite something. Okay, uh, then, uh, so not a bad performance there, a bit unlucky uh, to meet Egypt in the round of 16. Uh, I said uh, there was supposed to be a Wafu Nations Cup in 2021. It was scheduled, but not played. Uh, that's why we uh, looked at the 2019 Cup. Let's see how their um, recovery progressed through World Cup qualification in 2022. Um, so yeah, Ivory Coast received a buy in the preliminary round. Um, they started their campaign um, actually with a draw in Mozambique. Um, but then they won their next four games, and it set up actually a, a final match with Cameroon, um, kind of a winner-take-all in Cameroon, though Ivory Coast um, had the advantage of tying that game actually and still progressing. But as it was, Cameroon won the match 1-0, uh, 
and pipped Ivory Coast for top spot. So Ivory Coast finished second and didn't advance to the World Cup playoffs. Cameroon, of course, did and ended up making it to the tournament. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I wouldn't really say unlucky there, but maybe uh, that tie in Mozambique at the beginning was kind of their uh, undoing. Yeah, potentially. They still had fate in their own hands, I suppose, going into that final game, but couldn't couldn't uh, yeah. pull it off. That's right. Okay, and the last thing we'll look at is how they reached this tournament, so the qualifying campaign for this 2023 African Cup. So as hosts, Ivory Coast were actually guaranteed a spot, but they nevertheless participated in, in qualifying. Um, they won all their home games, but lost to group winner Zambia on the road and also tied in Lesotho. Um, not a great result for them. So they finished uh, joint top uh, with Zambia, but second on uh, goal difference and ahead of Comoros and Lesotho. Right. So uh, just to uh, just to jump to the discussion a bit, uh, certainly not back to the strength they were during the golden generation. Uh, would you say they're back to first tier or uh, what's your general feeling about their recovery? Um, I think second tier. Um, I mean, they, they finished second in both out of four in both their World Cup and African qualifying groups by narrow margins, but, you know, a top-tier team should be winning their group. So, yeah, I'd probably say perhaps um, a little bit back to second-tier strength. Yeah, and those second-tier finishes, enough to get them to the African Cup, but uh, not enough to get them to the uh, final playoff round of World Cup there. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, Nigeria. And once again, uh, we're going to do uh, a summary and a look at their recent form. But if you want the... Uh, the full meal deal there. You can check out the link in the show notes. That's right. So in terms of strength, Nigeria is a top tier team in Africa, though with a few weak periods or lapses. They made no mark for the first 15 years of African Cup play, but from 1976 onwards, did not go more than three cups without at least a third, uh, without at least a third place finish. And they won three titles uh, in 1980, 1994, and 2013. Their biggest lapse surrounded their, that 2013 title, failing to qualify for three cups surrounding it. Uh, World Cup plays only saw uh, that form from 1994, uh, but from that time, they reached six out of seven tournaments and passed the group stage in three of them. So they have been one of the most consistent African teams um, on the World Cup stage. That's right. And we didn't mention uh, the Wafu Cup here. It's not as, uh, the local tournament is not as important in Africa as it is in Asia when we did the uh, Asian Cup podcast. But we will take a look at that 2019 tournament uh, for them too. Uh, meanwhile, let us look at um, the recent performance. So building up to it, uh, we see wild inconsistency from 2012 to 2017 as Connor pointed out they missed three cups out of four there but then won the one uh, in between in 2013 taking the title uh, they have been a bit more consistent since then with solid qualification runs and a third place finish in the 2019 African Cup but, uh, well, I'll just preview the recent history by saying in 2021 and 2022, uh, their good runs finished with a bit of a whimper. 
And uh, yeah, before we look at the African Cup, we will take a look at that 2019 uh, Wafu Nations Cup. Yeah, so um, I mean, more difficult to judge, I think, for some of the big teams that may not send their top players, but um, a disappointing um, tournament for Nigeria. They lost their sorting round match to Togo. And then uh, in that second tier bracket, they actually lost on penalties to Cape Verde. So they crashed out without a win. Um, they did lose to Cape Verde on penalties, but uh, nonetheless, no, uh, yeah, not a great showing. Yeah, I mean, it may be the case that uh, uh, I think a lot of the bigger teams are not sending their European-based top players, but uh, they are sending their uh, African-based players to these tournaments. But even still, a team like Nigeria uh, should have a pretty good squad for tournaments like this. Yeah, well, and Cape Verde has half a million people compared to Nigeria's 224. So even if Nigeria aren't sending their best 11, you think they should be finding capable players. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's not the case in the big tournaments here, so we'll move on to the African Cup in 2021 and see how they did there. Yeah, so um, Nigeria had a fairly comfortable qualification uh, despite two draws with uh, Sierra Leone, um, but they won both their games over Lesotho and Benin. Um, one of those draws with Sierra Leone, they tied nil-nil in Sierra Leone, but in Nigeria... Um, they tied 4-4. Um, I'm not sure if you want to talk about that or you want me to. Oh, go ahead. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, they went 4-0. Nigeria went 4-0 up on Sierra Leone by the 29th minute um, in the home leg, but uh, allowed a comeback so the game finished with a 4-4 draw. Um, so uh, a stunning game. Sierra Leone has come up now twice. Uh, for remarkable draws, but um, in the end, it, it did Nigeria no harm. Um, they finished top of the group with 14 points, which was double what second place Sierra Leone uh, managed to get. Yeah, quite a story there. Uh, that's a good one. Okay, so we move on uh, to the actual tournament, uh, the finals. Yeah, and, and actually, it's a bit similar to Ivory Coast. Uh, Nigeria enjoyed a good group stage. They actually won all three games over... Egypt, Sudan, and Guinea-Bissau, who they meet here. Um, that should have set them up with a, with a relatively comfortable round of 16 match. Uh, they ended up being paired with Tunisia and lost that match 1-0. Uh, um, Nigeria did suffer a red card in that game, um, which kind of hampered any comeback uh, attempts. Yeah, and it was a, it was a harsh red uh, card decision. I mean... Uh, you could say they were kind of uh, unlucky, and, and certainly that made it more difficult to win the game. But um, again, a team like Nigeria um, should be, uh, I think, doing better against Tunisia. Um, that's maybe a bit harsh because Tunisia did make it to the World Cup. But Nigeria looked so good in the group stage that, um, you know, uh, it, it, I thought they would have uh, uh, handled Tunisia pretty easily. Yeah. And just an interesting note on this group, it was actually Nigeria winning their group and uh, leaving Egypt in second that uh, paired up Ivory Coast with uh, Egypt. So I don't know if uh, Ivory Coast would kind of blame Nigeria for setting them up with that game, but that is in fact the case. Yeah. 
Okay, let us, uh, yes, again, the local uh, Wafu Nations Cup, supposed to be played in 2021, uh, but not played, so we move on to the World Cup in 2022. Yeah, um, so Nigeria entered in the, the group stage. Um, they actually, a bit unusually for an African team, they won all three games on the road, but dropped points at home, uh, losing to Central African Republic. Uh, that was quite the upset. Um, and then tying Cape Verde at home as well. Um, they also beat Liberia twice. Um, but once again, those blips uh, didn't prove fatal. They finished first in the group stage um, ahead of Cape Verde by two points. Um, and from there, they went on to the playoff round where they met with uh, rivals Ghana. They tied nil-nil in Ghana, but then tied 1-1 in Nigeria. But that actually saw Ghana advancing to the World Cup on the away goals rule. So... Um, close but not quite for Nigeria they were not uh not able to participate in Qatar yeah and I said both campaigns kind of entered uh or ended with a whimper in this case you know Ghana is usually a, a strong enough team to challenge uh, Nigeria but they themselves were coming off uh, a group stage finish in the 2021 African Cup so Nigeria is really expected to win this and um you know, it was a very disappointing loss to them, um, even maybe, even more so than the loss to Tunisia uh, in the African Cup. Yeah. All right. Well, that oh, uh, we put that graphic in the wrong place. That brings us to the uh, no. Uh, we have to look at their uh, qualification for this cup, the twenty twenty three African Cup. How did they get here? Um, they lost at home to Guinea Bissau which is interesting because they meet Guinea-Bissau in this group. And again, another home, a home blip. But Nigeria won all their other games, uh, twice beating uh, Sao Tome and Principe, who they beat 16-0 uh, on aggregate. Wow. And then twice beating uh, Sierra Leone, the pesky Sierra Leone. Um, so Nigeria finished uh, first place in this group ahead of Guinea-Bissau, but only by two points. Um, but the top two both qualified. Yeah, so good consistency there against Sierra Leone, who they had tied twice in the previous campaign. Uh, but a bit of a lapse there, and we saw that in the uh, World Cup qualifying, uh, losing at home to a fairly weak team, really. Yeah, a team they would be expected to beat, for sure. And yeah, at home makes it all the more surprising. Yeah, so that uh, that uh, Guinea-Bissau win in Nigeria kind of uh, sets up a bit of uh, excitement uh, for this group. Yeah, I agree. All right, but before we get to Guinea-Bissau, we are uh, taking a look at Equatorial Guinea. And uh, once again, they were in the 2021 African Cup, so we won't be doing the uh, full run-through of their history, uh, but just a summary of it. In terms of strength, Equatorial Guinea is a third-tier team with an early period of fourth-tier results and recently flashes of second-tier they were knocked out at the first round, usually a preliminary match in their first few campaigns, which is a record more like a fourth tier team. But from 2014, they've passed the preliminary round and improved their performances. Uh, but only once did it approach that of a second tier uh, team in Africa. Yeah, maybe we should make it clear that you were talking about uh, World Cup there. So uh, knocked out in preliminary rounds at first, but then getting past that round recently. Yeah, that's right. Um, for African Cup, uh, Equatorial Guinea did not reach an African Cup until 2012, 
And even then, uh, as in 2015, they earned their passage by hosting. Um, only in 2021, after the Cup had expanded from 16 to 24 teams, did they earn uh, their first passage uh, at a tournament. In the Cups, however, they have behaved as a second-tier team, kind of above themselves, passing the group stage all three times. They've never reached the World Cup or the final round of qualifying there. Um, and until 2021, they have reached two African Cups, uh, both by dint of hosting, uh, qualifying in 2021. Um, but they've done, uh, done well uh, once they were there and actually even finished fourth place in the African Cup they hosted in 2015. At the local level, they've shown flashes of strength in their Central African group at a time when they looked weak in the bigger competitions. Uh, they won their local cup in 2006 and then took second in 2009. Yeah, that's pretty good because actually Cameroon is a uh, part of that Central African uh, group there. We'll take a look at it. Uh, but we'll do uh, a look at their recent performances as a build-up to uh, looking at the recent tournaments. So their success in the 2012 and 2015 African Cups were certainly aided by their hosting. And it also came with the accusation uh, of using illegal Brazilian imports. Uh, and just as a side note, CAF kind of overlooked their, uh, those accusations because um, Equatorial Guinea was hosting. Um, anyway, it was to be expected that they wouldn't reach the heights of passing the group stage, uh, but failing to qualify for the next two tournaments, especially in 2019, where the tournament was expanded to 24 teams, uh, was a disappointment for uh, Equatorial Guinea. Uh, so let's see if they uh, were sinking down uh, in their... Uh, strength or whether they recovered. I think we kind of gave it away already. Yeah, um, well in 2021, um, they did qualify. They actually came in as a fourth seed um, into the into the group stage, but beat um, second seed Libya twice. And then a home win over third place finisher Tanzania proved enough to see them through. Um, so they finished with a record of three wins and three losses. They lost twice to Tunisia, Tunisia um, but their second place finish on nine points saw them qualify for the tournament. Great. So their first uh, earned qualification there. Yeah. And it started with a 1 0 loss uh, to Ivory Coast, who they meet again here. But then it followed um, was followed by 1 0 wins over Algeria and Sierra Leone. So they finished with six points and second in the group, which was enough to advance to the round of 16. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, Algeria expected to be uh, the other team that passed, so they kind of took their spot, but ooh, what a ghastly tournament for Algeria. Yeah, just a single point, but again, Equatorial Guinea kind of coming in as fourth, kind of the fourth, or pot four team, I should say, but then jumping up to second, so kind of outperforming their station. Um, in the round of 16, they met Mali. That game went nil-nil, Um before Equatorial won 7-6 in penalties. Um, Equatorial then advanced to the quarterfinals where they lost to eventual tournament winner Senegal 3-1. Right, so, you know, we kind of labeled them a third-tier team, and in their overall history, uh, that's kind of true, but they are not a third-tier team in the cup, hey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, beating some really good opposition. 
Right, okay, let's move on to see how they did in uh, World Cup qualification where they haven't done as well. Yeah, so they were uh, among the 28 bottom-ranked teams required to play a preliminary round. Um, they ended up uh, beating South Sudan, um, but struggled with them more than they should have, winning only 2-1 uh, on aggregate. Um, but that victory was enough to see them into the four-team group stage. And there they won all three games at home, beating Mauritania, Zambia, and Tunisia, who had got the better of them in African Cup qualifying. Um, they also picked up two draws away to Zambia and Mauritania, only losing once uh, in Tunisia. Um, they finished with 11 points, but unfortunately for them, it was two points shy of Tunisia, and um, they narrowly missed out on a um, playoff for the World Cup. Wow, that's a, a heck of a performance, hey? It is, and besting Zambia... Um, you know, was was impressive. Um, Zambia would have, I'm sure, been the pot two team, and also beating uh, Mauritania, who were at the most recent African Cup. So they beat some good opposition, and of course had a, a good win over Tunisia too. So perhaps not to be underestimated. Yes, absolutely. Uh, not a second, uh, or sorry, not a third tier performance there either. Uh, so that'll be something uh, to talk about in our discussion. But meanwhile, uh, let's see how they did in uh, 2023. Uh, African Cup qualifying. Yeah, and for the third group stage in a row, they were paired with Tunisia. Um, and once again, actually, Equatorial beat them uh, at home, um, though they did lose on the road. On top of that, they um, beat Botswana twice and took four points off Libya. Um, so Equatorial Guinea finished with 13 points, which actually is the same number as Tunisia. Um, Equatorial Guinea were second on goal difference. Um, the top two qualified, so it didn't much matter. Um, but again, they were showing that they could be competitive with the top teams. Yeah, super. That's uh, pretty impressive, uh, Equatorial Guinea. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you know any of their players, but they have one called uh, Salvatore Eban, who I call the gadfly of African soccer. He's just an absolute nuisance on the field to other teams. Uh, do you know him? I do. He is. Uh, he was actually really at the center of everything um, at their last uh, in in the last African Cup, as he's kind of uh, prone to, uh, yeah, prone to be. I think he's got red hair as well, which kind of makes him stand out. Uh, he does some great things on on the field, uh, but he also does so. He just drives other team crazy. I've seen yellow cards uh, given to other players who just can't put up with him, you know, it's, it's quite funny to watch. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah, well, before we move on to, um, before we move on to Guinea-Bissau, I'm just going to cover uh, something I promised I would talk about but didn't, and that's their local cup. Uh, we weren't able to cover a recent tournament because they haven't had one, uh, but their local tournament is the Central African uh, countries, and the group, the locality is actually called UNIFAC, uh, which is an acronym uh, based on French words. And uh, they they don't currently have a cup, uh, but they have had a cup in the past, and in fact, are one of the longest running uh, local cups. So uh, they had uh, one from 1984. 
all the way to 2014. And for the first half of that, it was called the UDAC Cup. These uh, actually don't mean much, these acronyms. In 2003, it changed to being called the CMAC Cup. And I think now it's called the UNIFAC Cup, which doesn't matter very much because they haven't had any uh, cup since 2014. Uh, but as we said, they did win that cup in 2006 and came second in 2009. And there are some good teams in that uh, in that group. So those are significant accomplishments. And kind of interesting to look at because during those times, uh, they were uh, kind of a fourth tier team. So uh, uh, in a way, they kind of have a history of uh, coming out of nowhere and doing well. Yeah, very interesting. All right, now we are ready to move on to Guinea-Bissau, and they also made it to the Cup in 2021. And so uh, we'll again just be doing a summary, but we have done a uh, deep dive and a full summary in 2021 for them. So Guinea-Bissau is a fourth-tier team that has recently improved to third-tier level. Only recently did they pass a preliminary round of World Cup qualifying, having fallen at that stage in their first six campaigns. In African Cup play, after completing their first qualification in 1994, it took until 2010 to complete their second. They were uncompetitive there until 2015, and it was a surprise when they reached the Cup in uh, 2017, um, but they further argued their top tier status by reaching the cup again in 2019. Yeah, so uh, good showing recently. And I should clarify something uh, because we said they uh, um, completed their second qualification in 2010. And that's true. Uh, they did complete qualification in 2006, but that was based on World Cup results. So uh, 2010 was uh, specifically for African Cup and uh, was just their second completed campaign. Wow, hey? Yeah, a combination of not entering, withdrawing, and disqualifications as well. Yeah, two disqualifications in there. But I will give a, a shout out to them for qualifying in 2017 because that was before the Cup was expanded to 24 teams. Um, so that's quite an accomplishment. And then they've qualified every time since 2017, so four in a row for um, one of Africa's smaller countries. Yeah, and that uh, uh, looking at that 2017 campaign uh, in detail is uh, beyond our scope here, but it's a very interesting one uh, to look at. Uh, and yes, I'll actually use that to uh, uh, build up to our uh, uh, recent performances. So that 2017 African Cup qualification certainly seemed to be a, fl a flash in the pan for a team that was otherwise very weak and even remained so in World Cup qualification in 2018. However, reaching the African Cup again in 2019, uh, once again at the expense of top seed Zambia, showed that it was at least not a one-off success. Uh, so we've kind of given away uh, how they uh, progressed since then, but let's examine the recent campaigns in detail uh, to see how they progressed. The flash-in-the-pan team, uh, not so much a flash-in-the-pan. Oh, and it looks like here that we uh, are looking at their local cup in 2019 first because they're part of the uh, Wafu Nation, so that same tournament that we've looked at for Ivory Coast and Nigeria. 
Yeah, um, and there's not much to talk about. They lost their sorting round match to Senegal before losing their first uh, kind of proper match to Guinea. So they went out without a without a victory. Not not all that impressive there. Right. So if you win in the sorting round, you go to the trophy round, it's called. And if you lose, you go to the plate uh, round. And then that is kind of like a um, quarterfinal, semifinal, final elimination. So they suffered the same fate there as the mighty Nigeria. That's true. Okay, on to their African Cup in 2021. Yeah, so they came in as the third seed. Uh, they beat East Watini twice, um, but otherwise lost their other games uh, to Senegal um, and Congo before um, beating Congo in their final match. And that actually turned the tide. Um, it saw them leapfrog Congo into second place and uh, qualify for the cup on that basis. Right, so another surprising qualification, their third in a row. Let's see how they did in the tournament. Yeah, they opened with a draw against Sudan and then lost, uh, albeit by small margins, to powerhouse countries Egypt and Nigeria. So they only picked up a finish, uh, a single point, and did finish bottom of the group. Um, but, um, you know, they didn't score, but only three again. So maybe not uh, showing that they can compete with some level, at some level, with some of the bigger teams. Yeah, definitely a respectable performance in a, in a very tough group there. Uh, but um, gotta say, they seem a bit out of their depth in the uh, in the group stage of the African Cup. But uh, nevertheless, impressively getting there. Yeah, let's take a look at their. Uh, well, again, local cup was supposed to be in twenty twenty one, but it was not uh, happening. So uh, let's take a look at the World Cup in twenty twenty two campaign. Yeah, so like Equatorial Guinea, uh, Guinea-Bissau also had to participate in a qualifying round uh, where they overcame Sao Tome and Principe, uh, winning both home and away by one goal margins. Um, in the group stage, um, they uh, only won one game. That was away in Sudan. Um, they were beaten twice heavily by Morocco, but then tied their other three, um, home and away with Guinea, their neighbours, and tying Sudan at home. Um, it actually saw them uh, collect enough points to finish second in the group um, ahead of Guinea and Sudan, um, but still 12 points behind group leaders Morocco, who ran away with things. Um, but again, perhaps uh, overcoming their, um, you know, their their pot order to finish second in that group. Yeah, Guinea is a, a pretty respectable team, and they tied them uh, twice, but as you say, kind of gathered enough points uh, to finish ahead of them there. So uh, another respectable performance and, you know, even better than uh, passing the preliminary stage, which was the challenge uh, probably about 10 years earlier. Now they seem to pass it comfortably and are competitive in that, in that next round. Yeah. Okay. Well, they are at the uh, African Cup 2023, of course. So that makes it four in a row. Uh, for them, and how did they get here this time? Yeah, they um, exchanged 1-0 away wins uh, with Nigeria. We'd alluded to that earlier. Um, so that in itself, pretty impressive. Um, they beat um, Sao Tome and Principe twice, and then bested uh, Sierra Leone, uh, taking four points off them. Um, and actually, had they, uh, had they not tied uh, 
Sierra Leone on the road, had they won, they actually would have been joint top of the group with Nigeria. Um, they collected 13 points to Nigeria's 15, but well ahead of Sierra Leone and Sao Tome and Principe, who collected just five and one point respectively. So they finished second in the group, but comfortably so. And of course, uh, winning one game each with Nigeria. Right, and uh, not to put you on the spot here, but do you know if they came in uh, as the second tier or second pot group or whether Sierra Leone was pot two? I don't know. I mean, I might imagine Sierra Leone, but I, I don't know for sure. It's hard to know with Sierra Leone because they're, uh, uh, they're pretty unpredictable, but it could have been Sierra Leone because they actually uh, passed the group stage of the previous African Cup. And nevertheless, a, a good performance over... Uh, probably a team that on the whole is a bit stronger than them. Yeah. Super. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of part two. And now we're going to jump into uh, part three where we kind of compare the teams and we begin by looking at the pots uh, they were put into. Yeah. So um, Ivory Coast are um, the hosts. So they're automatically given the, uh, the pot kind of the, the first seed in pot one. Um, but actually, if it was just based on world rankings, Ivory Coast um, come into this tournament um, as a ninth-ranked team overall. So, um, yeah, so they wouldn't have been in pot one except for the fact that they're hosting. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's a bit interesting. You never want to play, I guess, the, the host country that gives them an advantage, but they're not as highly ranked as other pot one teams. Mm-hmm. Um, pot two Nigeria are actually the top-ranked team from pot two, and are actually ahead of Ivory Coast in the uh, the FIFA ranking. So that's a, kind of an interesting interesting fact. Um, yeah, also interesting there is that it would they would have been a pot one team if uh, Ivory Coast hadn't been given that that spot. That's true. So I guess you could say it perhaps all works out well in the end. Um, Equatorial Guinea come from near the bottom of pot three, but then Guinea-Bissau are the top ranked of, of all pot four teams. Um, so perhaps their good form being reflected in their rankings. Um, so yeah, so yeah. other than Equatorial Guinea coming from near the bottom of their pot, the other three teams are really the top the top team in their pot with the, I guess, the note that Ivory Coast get that spot as hosts. Yeah, I mean, and even though, yes, being the top team in pot one um, is a bit artificial, uh, given that they're really ranked as a pot two team, uh, the home advantage maybe makes it real that they are uh, kind of uh, top of the pot. Yeah, I agree. And I think the the story that we're telling here is that these are all really good teams from their pot. Um, you know, Equatorial Guinea a little bit lower, but, um, you know, Nigeria and Guinea-Bissau were basically the toughest draws you could have got from that pot two, those pot two and four. Yeah, and I got to say, even though uh, Equatorial Guinea is kind of low in the uh, pot three team, uh, I don't think any of those other pot three teams have passed uh, uh, the group stage um, recently. Yeah, that's true. Some weren't even at the last cup. Yeah, uh, no, I'm wrong. Actually, some of them did, but okay, none of them consistently passed the uh, group stage when they uh, reach an African Cup. How about that? Sure. Okay, I had to dig myself out of a hole a little bit there. Let's take a bit of a closer look at the uh, FIFA ranking. So the one that we saw uh, in the pot is uh, uh, slightly outdated now. So the, uh, there will be a bit of a difference in their FIFA ranking 
because I've used the most uh, recent FIFA rankings here. Yeah, so um, Ivory Coast are 52nd in FIFA and 50th uh, in ELO. Um, it's a slight rise from where they were kind of around 2000 when they were in the 60s, but um, a fall from uh, 2015 when they were 19th overall in FIFA, having just won the African Cup. Uh, yeah, I'll just agree with you there. So uh, certainly not as strong as they were uh, during the golden generation. But uh, as we talked about in the history, a bit of recovery over the past few years. And then, of course, uh, hosts here uh, maybe boosting their, their rank a little bit too. Yeah, and the next team, Nigeria, is, is interesting. They're 31st in FIFA, but 58th in ELO. So that's actually quite a large discrepancy. Um, it puts Nigeria... 20 points ahead in the FIFA rankings, but eight points behind Ivory Coast in the ELO rankings. Um, we often find ELO a little bit more reliable. Um, in this case, Nigeria has been kind of steady between the 30s and 40s for the last several years in the FIFA rankings. Uh, but their ELO ranking over that same period has dropped from 42nd to 58. So I'm not sure exactly why there's been that drop in the ELO rankings, which tends to fluctuate less. But... Um, in any case, I guess we can talk about how we see Nigeria relative to Ivory Coast in the discussion. Yeah, I'm holding back a little bit on my comments here because I think that drop uh, in, in the ELO rankings is interesting. And then this discrepancy between the FIFA and ELO rankings may be a good place to start our discussion. Sure. Um, Equatorial Guinea are 98th in FIFA and 80th in ELO. Um, and they've actually perhaps unsurprisingly, given their recent history, have climbed in both uh, ranking systems. Um, just five years ago, they were 141st uh, in uh, FIFA and 135th in ELO. So the fact that they're above 100 in both systems is a testament to their recent rise. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, those wins uh, in 2012 and 2015, which were aided by hosting, kind of uh, unnaturally boosted their FIFA ranking. But one of the reasons we like ELO is that it's kind of less uh, less affected by that. So, yes, they've been kind of consistently around 120 uh, and then risen over the last uh, couple of years. And then uh, Guinea-Bissau, they're 105th in FIFA and a hundred, 115th in FIFA and 105th in ELO, so slightly higher there. They've kind of been just below the 100 mark, sometimes around the 120, 130 in the last several years, but um, also showing a slight um, uptick, I guess, in rankings uh, for the past five years with a couple good African Cup performances uh, thrown in. Yeah, that's right. And uh, kind of interesting to note that around 2018, they were, you know, about uh, 30 points, 20 to 30 points ahead of uh, Equatorial Guinea there. So uh, another good talking point will be uh, kind of considering uh, how far they really are behind Equatorial Guinea. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to the head-to-head uh, -head results. And we've seen a couple of interesting ones in the history, but we will... Uh, we will kind of um, uh, put a point on it here. Well, we start with a very interesting one. Uh, Ivory Coast and Nigeria have an even record. It's four wins, three draws, and four losses apiece. 
can't get much closer than that. Uh, the only thing is that they haven't met since the 2008 African Cup, so no recent meetings uh, to compare their relative strengths. Yeah. Um, Ivory Coast and Equatorial Guinea have just two meetings, but Ivory Coast has won them both. Uh, right, and the uh, first of those was the 2012 African Cup quarterfinal, so that's where uh, Equatorial Guinea was knocked out as host. Uh, they met in the 2021 African Cup group stage, as we saw, and it was a respectable loss uh, for uh, Equatorial Guinea. Just won nothing, but Ivory Coast uh, winning again. Yeah. And then um, Ivory Coast and Guinea-Bissau have never met, so that history will be created at this tournament. That's right. Um, Nigeria and Equatorial Guinea, um, they also have two meetings, and uh, Nigeria has won them both. Yes, and both of those were in uh, 2010 World Cup qualifications, so uh, again, um, quite a ways ago, so uh, questionably relevant. Um, Nigeria and Guinea-Bissau have met three times. Nigeria's won once, and Guinea-Bissau, or Nigeria's won twice, and Guinea-Bissau once. And of course, they met in 2023 African Cup qualifying for this tournament. Yes, uh, so this one is very relevant because all three of those meetings were recent. Uh, Nigeria won in the 2021 African Cup group stage, 2-0 there. And uh, as we saw, they uh, both uh, won on the road in 2023 African Cup qualifying. So we said that Guinea-Bissau win in Nigeria adds a bit of uh, an interesting element here. Yeah, and then um, Equatorial Guinea and Guinea-Bissau haven't met before, so there's no record to speak of there. Okay, well, let's uh, begin the discussion with Ivory Coast. Uh, 21 points ahead in, oh, sorry, uh, 19 points behind in FIFA ranking, but eight points ahead in FIFA rankings. What do you make of that? Um, perhaps it matches a little bit my confusion as to who actually the stronger team is. Um, you know, the, the discrepancy really for me is the unusual thing, um, you know, in, in those two ranking systems. Um, I have to say I probably lean slightly towards Nigeria being the stronger team, which reflects their FIFA ranking. But Ivory Coast being at home, um, you know, is certainly an advantage. So. I'm kind of torn, but what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you said when you were uh, talking about the ELO rankings that you're not really sure uh, why Nigeria have kind of dropped over the, over the past little while. In general, I agree with you that Nigeria is a stronger team, so a rare case where I agree with the FIFA rankings more. Uh, I wonder if they're losing a lot of points on things like that loss at home to Guinea-Bissau. And uh, they have had a few lapses like that. They, I think, lost at home to Central African Republic and the 4-4 tie with Sierra Leone, uh, stuff like that. I wonder if that's what's damaging their rankings. But uh, even in the bigger picture, I think lapses like that, um, even the laps against Ghana uh, in the World Cup qualifying, um, I think that could be really fatal here uh, against... Uh, uh, these two teams below who are well capable of taking points, I think if they lapse there, uh, it could be bad news. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, we've seen Equatorial Guinea in particular are a good tournament team. Um, 
Guinea-Bissau perhaps doing well in qualifying, but, you know, proving a little bit out of their depth at tournaments. Um, but still capable, of of course. Um, you know, the win in Nigeria proves them a capable team. Um, I do think Equatorial Guinea are a bit of a dark horse. They've kind of had that label for the last couple tournaments and, and done well by it. So, um, yeah, I think Equatorial Guinea on their day are capable of, of taking points from either of the two teams above them. And Guinea-Bissau potentially, but I see it a bit more unlikely. Yeah, I'll come back to that. Uh, but, yeah, going back to the top teams, um, do you think one of them is kind of more susceptible? I guess I'm kind of uh, arguing that Nigeria is maybe a little more susceptible to a lapse than uh, Ivory Guinea. Do you think that uh, is is significant? Um, potentially, uh, you know, in this tournament where, um, you know, you got two teams that I guess have proven they can be ups, you know, capable of upset. So a team prone to being upset, you know, you're kind of a little bit perhaps wary or more wary than you would be of the teams below. Um, I think Ivory Coast being at home will want to have a good showing in particular. Um, you know, they haven't quite topped the group, you know, so in recent times. So they are, you know, also dropping points in, in games they perhaps should be winning and have dropped points against teams they certainly, you know, should be beating like Lesotho. So I guess they're both they're both somewhat prone to it, and um, they've got good teams below them that that could you know take points. Yeah, I mean, there's confusing arguments in in both directions. Nigeria is very strong in the group stage of the previous African Cup, so if they show that form, uh, you know, may prove themselves the part one team here. Uh, as for the Ivory Coast, I mean, home advantage is really big, but it is, uh, I'm not sure how significant it is, but it is a, nonetheless an interesting fact that when they hosted in 1984, they dropped out at the group stage, so uh, not necessarily a uh, an advantage, but I think that's a bit of an outlying fact, and uh, home advantage is uh, quite big. Yeah, I think... Um... You know the top the battle for top place will be significant um you know probably between I, ivory coast and nigeria but i think the thing with the lapture and upset is you know by their nature they're hard to predict but um you know i think it's it's possible certainly in this group um even compared to other groups at this tournament yeah yeah and I, honestly and i just want to add one detail to my talk of lapses which is nigeria missing three african cups in a row I, or, or three out of four african cups uh in the mid mid 2010s uh you know not to put two point too fine a point on it but um i think i i, I think the lapses thing is uh is a potential achilles heel for nigeria uh, let's move on to the bottom teams and uh, the Iban Salvador uh, factor. <laughs> Whether he'll kind of uh, maybe earn a red card for one of these two teams, the top two teams. Yeah, it's always possible. Um, I think at the the last tournament, Equatorial uh, um, Equatorial Guinea only conceded one goal through their opening four games, which included a round of six teams. So they're a tough nut to crack. Um, you know, I may be able to frustrate um, Ivory Coast and Nigeria in particular. Um, I mean, they've kind of, as we said, they're a third-tier team who have recently played as a second-tier team, so playing above themselves. Um, you know, I think this is a obviously a difficult draw for them with two really strong teams. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, 
it's possible they could get a tie out of one of those games, which would pro- could help them a lot. And then they really probably need to get to beat Guinea-Bissau to give themselves a chance of getting out of this group, even as a third-place team. Yeah, I mean, my jokes uh, about Iban Salvador, uh, I mean, he kind of is the, the face of the fact that Equatorial Guinea, uh, Equatorial Guinea uh, can be a very tricky team and uh, could, could upset uh, teams at the top. If we uh, look at the kind of head-to-head between Equatorial Guinea and Guinea-Bissau, uh, we see them um, uh, 17 points apart in uh, FIFA and 25 points apart uh, in ELO, Equatorial Guinea looking the stronger team uh, in both cases. Um, and so you're uh, picking Equatorial Guinea uh, there as the stronger team? I am. And, and also their record at tournaments, I think, is another um, kind of checkbox in their favor. Um, you know, they've been to four tournaments in a row now. and and um, Or sorry, Guinea-Bissau have been to four tournaments in a row. Uh, but Equatorial Guinea, when they're at tournaments, tend to make a bit more of a mark. So um, that also kind of leans me in the direction of Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, definitely. We've kind of, uh, I think, established that they're almost like a second-tier team uh, when they're actually in tournaments. Uh, whereas in tournaments, Guinea-Bissau, uh, they have earned a single point every time, but we said uh, a little bit out of their league. So on the one hand, that would put them on the uh, bottom here. On the other hand, if they do take even a single point in this group, it could be uh, quite significant uh, in causing trouble enough for the team uh, that they take it off. Do you think it is uh, uh, in the cards for them to uh, steal a point here? Definitely in the cards. I think Equatorial Guinea is their their best chance of, of getting points. Less likely against Nigeria or Ivory Coast, but... Even in games they've lost in previous tournaments, they've been competitive and lost by single goal margin. So um, also proving good defensively um, if lacking a bit going forward. So it's possible, but again, hard to predict. And, and definitely Equatorial Guinea will be their best chance for points. Yeah, that's it. On a game-to-game level, I think it's very hard to uh, predict. I certainly wouldn't be saying, uh, you know, um, they're going to tie or, or beat Nigeria. Uh, in a broader scope, though, I think they, they could uh, surprisingly steal a point off a team. And same with Equatorial Guinea, could surprisingly take points off some of the top teams, which would change uh, the group quite a bit. Uh, but it's difficult to predict on a game-by-game basis. Yeah, and as I said right at the start, you have two pretty big, well-known teams facing two you know smaller, lesser-known teams. I, I think people might look at this group and just say, oh, you know, it'll it'll be a clear battle for top two, or or it's going to be six points each for Nigeria and Ivory Coast. And I think I just we want to caution that that may not be the case. Yeah, I mean, we saw Algeria finish with one point at the bottom of their group uh, last time. So uh, and Ghana not making it past the group stage also. So uh, strange things can happen. They're not necessarily uh, to be predicted, but. Um, uh, you know, definitely they're not out of the realm of possibility either. And I think it's actually quite uh, quite possible uh, that the bottom teams will take a few points here and dictate matters at the top. Yeah.
Okay, well, that is enough discussion because I feel like you're dodging the issue, and so I would like you to actually come clean to the audience here and tell us how this group is going to end. Yeah, I, I do think Ivory Coast and Nigeria will ultimately be the top two, and I'm going to favor Ivory Coast with that home field advantage. Um, after that, I say Equatorial Guinea third. Um, I'd like to see them go through. They've been a, a fun tournament team in the past and then Guinea-Bissau uh, in last place. All right. Well, definitely Equatorial Guinea would need to win that game over Guinea-Bissau, I think, to uh, to pass through as a third-place team there. Uh, so that's an important game in that sense. Uh, I'm actually, oh, man, this is so tough because I see arguments uh, both ways. I see Nigeria as the stronger team, uh, but I see Nigeria as a bit, more prone to lapses than Ivory Coast. So uh, I'm going to be bold and, and say, um, uh, oh, no, I'm saying the same thing as you. Uh, Ivory Coast uh, uh, to come out on top and Nigeria second. It could be either one. Uh, definitely, I think. No, not definitely. I think there's room for surprises in the African Cup. So I'd say I'd still kind of... Um, say Ivory Coast and Nigeria are going to be the top two, but I honestly wouldn't be shocked to see uh, an upset and uh, especially Equatorial Guinea maybe um, uh, getting in the top two there. But again, it's something to be uh, not really to be predicted, but not really to be surprised by if it happens. So I'm the same as you, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Equatorial Guinea and Guinea-Bissau. In truth, I think I was uh, a bit more a bit more um, uh, difficult to pin down <laughs> than you were there. Yeah. Well, interesting comments. Um, again, I think this will be an interesting group. We said at the outset that it, it could be an exciting group, and I think that will be the case. Yeah, I like your comment on saying, you know, I think um, uh, in a kind of a superficial view, uh, maybe uh, people looking at it will say, oh, no problem, Ivory Coast and Nigeria. Uh, passing and, and the two guineas having no chance. Uh, I think it's a bit more complex and interesting than that and I'm looking forward to seeing how this group plays out. Yes. We originally planned to tag on our past, present and future plans for the media cast, but we have instead decided to put a link to that 10 minute video in the show notes. It covers what we're working on and what we plan to do over the next nine months. Wonderful background music accompanying this media cast.